Hello everyone, my name is Emily and this is the 15th time I am reading this book. And I'm Paige, I literally just learned how to read yesterday, and you are listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. So before we start, I just want us to give like a huge shout out to the amazing Danny Plowman and Alberto Beltran for making our super, super awesome music. Um... They did a really great job. They obviously did a cover of Decode by Paramore, which all you Twilight fans know. I know Emily was freaking out about it. Yeah, yeah, it was really amazing. And um, we are so blessed that they took time out of their day to make that for us. So um, I hope you guys will give Danny a follow. He's on Instagram. He's at Danimal6 underscore. And it's six the word, not six the number. So Danimal6 underscore. So yeah, I guess we're going to get right into it. So today we're talking about the first two chapters, well, the preface and the first two chapters of Twilight. Um, So Paige, what are your overall impressions, first impressions, first time ever reading this? Okay, first impressions. The first thing that I've told everyone who knows that I'm reading Twilight for the first time is that if I had read this as a middle schooler or even a high schooler, I would have been fucking obsessed with this book. It is, it was hitting every single dramatic, edgy little nerve in my body just the right way. This would have, this would have tickled me pink back in the day. (laughs) Oh my God, I am dead. I was hoping that you would like it. Like when I was rereading it, it's so weird rereading it, like in the context of knowing that you'll have to like talk about it with someone who has never read it you know so when I was rereading I was like I hope she doesn't think it's like boring because you know the first chapters of books are always like exposition exposition but at the same time Stephanie's not fucking around with this she jumps right into the drama so it's it's an interesting introduction to the book yeah I I really loved I mean I think this is why the book sorry for jumping just right on in but I feel like in the movie and probably the book, Kristen Stewart and Bella got so much hate for just being so like, my life is so hard. But I'm like, that was so me. Everything I read, I was like, I could easily see myself saying that or feeling that way when I was in high school. So I I really enjoyed it. I'm excited. I mean, I'm only 40 pages in and I'm like, where is this going to go? Yes, I love it. Yeah, and I agree with you. There was, like, in my notes here, I'm just looking at them, and there's several times where I wrote, like, same mood. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. She's very relatable, you know? This book was successful for a reason, so let's get into it. Okay. So I, first of all, starting with the opening quote being from Genesis, I totally, totally forgot about this, and I, I laughed out loud. And it's like, of all the ones, you picked this one. Yeah, I, what did I write for this? Um, Should I read it so that people know what we're talking about in case they don't don't know? So this is like, this would be called the epigraph, right? God, I'm an English major. Um, I think this is called the epigraph, but it's like the quote at the beginning of the book. Um, But it, it reads, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die genesis chapter 2 verse 17 dramatic 
when I first read that, because obviously, if you know nothing about Twilight, you'd know that the book cover is a girl. I mean, I'm assuming a girl. It's a person holding an apple in their hands. And if you know anything about the book of Genesis, there's the whole Adam and Eve story of Eve getting the apple from the tree of knowledge and quote unquote fucking it up for everyone. But let's okay, be honest. the beginning of sexism. Am I right? Yeah. Let's be honest. Adam was there the whole fucking time. So suck my dick. Um, but I suit like I obviously paired both of those together and it just made me feel like very ominous, I guess, because mm. I know how kind of dark Genesis can be and knowing that there's all this imagery already going into it that something bad's about to happen I'm steeped call me too bad because I'm steeped oh my god (laughs) I love it okay so moving on to the actual text um the preface which you know obviously as we discussed kind of in the um intro episode that we did um, we will be covering the movies, and so I'm going to, like, try and not do this 24-7, but I'm pretty sure this exact page is read in the movie. Like, I'm pretty sure they just sat Kristen Stewart down and was like, read this on tape. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. I mean, not the whole page, but a lot of it is in there. So what did you think of that preface? Also ominous? I, I thought it was definitely ominous, but I also kind of thought it was, like, a little sexy. Like, I... <laughs> The, the bad guy in this, whoever, bad guy or gal, I don't know, the the antagonist in the preface, he's, I'm, I think it's a he from what I remember from it the is, It is. It says he looked pleasantly back at me. Oh, then yeah, he. So, he just, everything about the antagonist in this seems really positive almost like it was saying that like he smiled and that he was really um oh I wrote this down where did I write it down um pleasant smiling friendly so like everything about him seems good and I was like weirdly attracted to that but then also Bella is being so dramatic like well if I die because I'm assuming this is Bella um if I die I guess this will be the way that I die and I'm like okay Bella calm down like you're (laughs) literally about to die like maybe have a little more like oh no attitude about it but I'm I was I was weirdly intrigued I guess nice yeah I mean let me just say get used to it because you are gonna have to get used to that attitude with Bella because she never has an oh no ever I feel like Bella is such a Hufflepuff but that's a conversation for another day who do you think the hunter is in the preface I I don't think it's Edward because I feel like because she's saying that she's taking the place or she's she's dying for someone that she loves so it it doesn't really specify like what kind of a love that is that could be like a familial love or romantic love so but for the people that I know that she loves so far in the book it's her mom and maybe Charlie her dad I don't know she's kind of like has a negative attitude about him in the beginning but I don't feel like it's Edward 
Jacob hasn't even been introduced, so I don't know what, like, the attitudes are. I think it's an unknown character at this point. Okay. Awesome. And I remember uh, we were talking to friend of the pod, Remy, and she said that there's a lot of lion and lamb imagery in this, and that was exactly what I thought of as soon as I read it. I was like, this, he's continually called a hunter in this, and she's pretty defenseless in this, so I'm like, this is you haven't even introduced her as a character yet and she's already a victim basically so I thought that that was a great I mean I was already geared to hear that and it's like already right in my face yeah I want to really put a pin in like literally everything you just said because it's all gonna come back around (laughs) oh boy (laughs) okay so getting into chapter one um you know, obviously, it's the most exposition. So we meet Bella, um, and she's in Phoenix, but she's driving to the airport with her mom to go to Forks, which she explains is the rainiest town in the United States. Um, and she's not happy about it. Um, but it's not immediately clear why she's going, because she, she obviously seems not happy with the decision. Like, she doesn't want to go. Um Obviously, in chapter two, we kind of get more of an explanation on that. But so she kind of lands. And you're right. She she has a weird relationship with her dad, Charlie. Um, she never like even in her inner monologue, his name's Charlie. That's I even wrote that my second note for this chapter was who's Charlie question mark her dad question mark. Like it seemed like a dad person, but she doesn't even call him dad. I want to say for like. 10 pages yeah yeah it takes her a while and it, I think she even says something along the lines of like I don't call him Charlie to his face or something yeah. like that that was I think that was the very first time that she refers to him as her father yeah so um when you're this far in what do you kind of think is going on like why do you think she's going do you, did you have any theories at this point I I actually wrote because the very the very first note I took on this chapter was on page four. She says, I detested Forks. Um, but then she also says in the chapter that she chose to come here. So I was extremely confused why she would hate it, but also choose to come here. And she talks about like having painful memories. So honestly, I was actually feeling really confused. I had no ideas why, because it seemed like she had an okay relationship with her mom like it didn't seem like she necessarily even wanted to leave her mom um because she was so unhappy with coming to forks but um obviously that gets explained a little later so I don't know if we should spoil or alert that (laughs) no I think that's okay I think that's almost kind of deliberate on Stephanie Meyer's part like she's setting Bella up as kind of this like almost like a martyr um but at this point, you don't even really know why. Um, also, my cat Mila is lurking. So if you hear a meow, that's why. Yep, there it is. There it is. Um, so, yeah. So I think she's kind of just already kind of setting her up as, I don't want to say a victim because I, I do, and we'll definitely get into this. But I don't, at this point, I think Bella has a lot of agency because it is her choice to go. Mm-hmm. Um, even if she kind of feels obligated um, there's a lot of people that wouldn't feel obligated. Like I probably wouldn't, I'd be like, not my problem. I'm the child. Um, and that kind of gets into a, a note I had written down, which it kind of comes up a little bit later. Um, 
So I'll come back to that. But I just wanted to say on page six, um, there's a passage that says, or, I'm so sorry, my cat. <laughs> um, Charlie's talking about Billy Black. And mm-hmm. he says, he used to go fishing with us during the summer. And Bella thinks, that would explain why I didn't remember him. I do a good job of blocking painful, unnecessary things from my memory. I was like, same, because a bitch hates fishing. It is so boring. Not that I want to spend a lot of time on this, but why Why do people do it? I Listeners, actually... write in. <laughs> yeah, if you have any explanation as to why people fish for fun, please give us, please fill us in, because we have no fucking idea. Yeah, it's the most boring hobby on the planet. But- I did write that exact quote down too in my notes because I was like painful memories like what are you remembering like or I guess not remembering what's what could possibly be so painful about it that she's being so dramatic about it you know literally just the act of fishing that explains it you got me there (laughs) okay so Charlie gets her a truck which I think is so nice and so sweet um I just want to set this precedent right now I love him. I know he's problematic. I recognize that. But if you ever catch me standing Charlie, it's because I stand Charlie. (laughs) I remember in, I would say, after bottle one of the champagne from watching Twilight together on New Year's, Mm -hmm. I do remember you were saying that you loved him so much. Like you, you really, you were like, I just want, I just want the best for him. So I felt almost biased like I'm like maybe he's trying his best I don't know I don't know yet like I was trying to give him some benefit of the doubt there is one part though that we'll get to a little later that I was like all right Charlie what in the f but we'll get to that later yeah I think we might have the same part um I think I just I love him because he's really trying like you said and I think I kind of feel sorry for him too because um I think there's a direct quote, it's maybe in chapter two, but Bella says something along the lines of like, being in this house, I realized that my dad never got over my mom. And that is heartbreaking because like, he's just been living on his own this whole time. His only daughter, like only comes to see him once a year or whatever it was. Yeah. And she clearly hates it. So I bet she had like a sour attitude probably. Yeah. So yeah. So Charlie buys her a truck. She's happy about it. Um, Finally, they get... Oh, yeah, yeah. So they get back, and then she sees the truck, and she's super happy about it. Um, Just kind of skimming over stuff. She goes back into her childhood room um, and, like, goes to bed, can't really sleep. (laughs) I made a note right here on page nine that this was where I wrote this is really speaking to me it's this entire paragraph on page nine second to last paragraph about like how she only let a few tears escape while she was unpacking I was like that was so fucking me in high school like no one can see my emotion even though I'm broken inside like I if I had read that at age 13 I would have been like sorry I am Bella yeah literally and 
Did you ever do that thing where when you were in the car, you like pretended you were in a sad music video and your parents, you were like clearly in the backseat because your parents had to drive you because you weren't old enough. And like you were, you would pretend you were in a video and like a single tear would go down your face or whatever. I'm going to tell you what music was playing in my literal Walkman headset. um, How to Save a Life by The Fray. God, that's a good one. I'm trying to think what mine would be. You know what really used to get me back then is um, Every Time by Britney Spears. <laughs> I mean... That, that should have me mourning a boyfriend I never had. It, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. <laughs> it is. Um, I also had a note on page nine, so um, kind of jumping to the next quote-unquote scene, um, she goes to her school for her first day at Forks High School. Okay. And on page nine it says... Forks High School had a frightening total of only 357, now 58 students. And I'm like, was Paige's and I's high school smaller than this? I think it might have been. I, I made the exact same note. I was like, bitch, same. That's literally what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so, like, I actually don't know. It's probably about the same. I remember our graduating class, I want to say, had... It was either 76 or 86. It was 86, yeah. Yeah, and we had, quote-unquote, a big class, so Mm -hmm. probably close to the same amount, probably a little less. Yeah, it's crazy. I wrote here, this note is between page 9 and page 14, so I'm trying to remember what I was actually referencing. Oh, it's on page 10. But I was writing how that, there's already been so much language almost comparing Bella to a vampire and vampires haven't even been introduced as a concept yet in the book. Like she's very emotionless, very deadpan. And then this paragraph on tap chapter 10, page 10 reads instead I was ivory skin without even the excuse of blue or blue eyes or red hair despite the constant sunshine I'd always been slender but soft somehow obviously not an athlete I didn't have the necessary hand-eye coordination to play sports without humiliating myself and harming both myself and anyone who stood close I oh and then facing my pallid reflection in the mirror I was forced to admit that I was lying to myself like It's not outright saying it, but I felt like all of this language is kind of just hinting at what's to come almost. That's a really interesting observation because I literally have never noticed that. I feel like this is the first of what is going to be many observations that you have because you're reading it as like a person who knows how to study literature. And whereas I'm like, yeah, 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 been here, done that, know what she's talking about, moving on. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, I also kind of know what to expect. Like, there's, um, I'm, I have a quote a couple pages deeper that, like, if you didn't know that the book was about vampires, it wouldn't strike you as anything but just a regular old, um, just one of those things that, like, is so common in vernacular that you wouldn't think about it but knowing what the book is about it's like that that was obviously put there for a reason you know so I'll get to that later but I just feel like that's what I'm seeing is like stuff that's being like put in there to kind of like get your mind prepared for the vampire explosion (laughs) yeah I think so and it's one thing I want to note too is like everyone who read this book knew that this was going to be about vampires because the word vampire is literally on the back cover. It says Edward was a vampire. So 
it's weird because like you normally with stuff like that I feel like they want to keep the suspense up until the the big reveal mm-hmm. but yeah but they but Stephanie makes it like clear from the start but I think it's really interesting still that you notice that because you know you're looking at it with you know kind of a critical not critical in a bad way but just like a critical eye and trying to see what different things mean and why they are the way that they are so yeah. that's really interesting so Bella goes to school I mean she eats breakfast but you know page 11 I didn't sleep well that night even after I was done crying same sis same. <laughs> yep Yep, been there, haven't we all, during this pandemic? So, yeah, so she kind of just drives to school, does the whole thing where she has to go to the main office, which, like, I'm so glad that, like, I never had to be the new kid. And one thing I wanted to talk about, too, is, is, like, why in TV and books and movies is the new girl always, like, weird or different? Is it just, do you think, like, a function of her or him? being the new girl or guy or is it like a trope that's kind of overdone what do you think I think it's definitely an exaggerated trope I I think there's some truth to it like I'm thinking to our own high school experiences not gonna name any names but there was a new guy Cameron (laughs) um and he started I think either in literally the middle of senior year or like close to the beginning. And I mean, he was new, but it wasn't like people were like, what's the deal with Cameron? Like there was some mystique to it, but I think that also had something to do with the fact that our school was so small too. Like if it was a bigger school, I don't think it would have been a big deal. So I can kind of see some truth to it with being a small school, but I also think that it's pretty tropey. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to agree because it's like, I feel like after a day, people kind of get over it. They're like, eh, he or she is just like everyone else. And they kind of move on. But that doesn't seem to happen with Bella. Like, everyone's like, ah, oh, my gosh. So yeah. obsessed right away. Which I guess it is a small town. And I've never, I mean, I lived in a small town in college, but I was in college. So it's different. So I guess I can't really speak to, like, that experience. And I think also, like, we went to a small school, but we lived in a really big city. Right. So, that's kind of different in the book that it's not only a small school but it's also a small town and like her dad is the police chief so people know her name know who she's associated with and probably knew about her even before she went to the school too so yeah it's almost like oh that that's Bella Swan like oh that's that girl like wonder what she's about kind of yeah yeah that's a good point So, yeah, she's just kind of figuring out where stuff is, gets a map, has to do the whole thing where she meets all her new teachers. Um, And right away, people kind of start latching onto her. Um, First, there is a guy named Eric. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later on, a guy named Mike kind of shows up. That rubbed me the wrong way, but in a jealous kind of way because I'm like sis when does that ever happen that two guys within a week are like well I'll walk you to your class and then one's jealous that the other one is walking her to her class I'm like I was trying to land a bow for probably 12 years and couldn't do it I'm like I just come on man yeah this has kind of always been like a thing 
I don't want to say it bothers me, but it's just kind of a point of contention for me because I'm pretty sure even in the illustrated guide or in some kind of FAQ that Stephanie Meyer posted, she put what, that one of the FAQs was like, is Bella pretty or not? Because, you know, a few pages ago, she wasn't like calling herself ugly or anything when she was talking about how pale she is and not athletic, but she was just saying like, I mean, she even says my skin could be pretty, but she's kind of saying that she's like, not she's just average looking and whenever stephanie meyer answers that question she i feel like always gives like an answer of like beauties in the eye of the beholder blah 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 but then all these guys like automatically latch onto her i mean if we're gonna i don't i don't want to spoil her like i said in our intro video things i know i know that bella smells real good so the guys are probably smelling her they're like wow she smells like hot dog she smells real good and I don't think she smells like a hot dog. I mean, if I, well, hot dogs are a good smell to me. So that's, that's, that's the example I'm using. But maybe they're just like, they're smelling her smell and they're like, I need that. <laughs> I have really nothing further to add on it, but I also want to maybe just ask you why you think that the humans can smell her? Because I feel like they can't. I feel like maybe she's just hot. I think you're right. I think I'm just being a dingus. <laughs> uh, there's room for all kinds of kinds here. You know, maybe they do smell it. Who knows? This book's pretty weird, so there could be any number of things going on. It's true. I also just want to point out page 14. I This is what I was mentioning a little bit ago, but she literally says, I lied to myself feebly. No one was going to bite me. Emily, if you could describe what I'm doing right now. Paige has her face as close to the camera as humanly possible and just took off her glasses to give the camera that look. It, yeah, I, I have to admit, I kind of rolled my eyes at that line. Subtle, too. Stephanie, subtle. Yeah, very subtle. So, yeah, Bella's basically just kind of getting walked around, meeting all these new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... She's bragging about how much she fucking reads. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that low-key is me, so I can't even talk. The problem with being an English major is that I've looked at so many different things that I'm like, I don't even know what I've read anymore, but I feel like it's every book that has ever existed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if it's just been like a passage here, a passage there, it's obnoxious. You know what? I just I paid I, a lot for that English degree, so I feel like I earned it. <laughs> I, I, I as well, I, I'm minored in English, but... I just, I feel like she's being so cocky about it in, like, like a, not I'm better than you way, but it's like, I guess I'll read Wuthering Heights again, like, for the 80th time. Like, it's like, okay, you know, take it down a notch. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So then we get to page 18, and it happens. She sees the colons for the first time. So Paige, what do you think about this this introduction? I thought because this is like it's this is the part of the book that I like I know kind of what's going on already, so I was kind of biased going into it. But all all I can imagine is I'm picturing what high schoolers look like just on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and then I'm imagining these hot hot hotties and 
how could that not be so jarring to anyone at that school? Like, I think she describes them as like looking like models. Like they were literally just so stunningly gorgeous. And I'm thinking about the people that I went to high school with and I could not picture a single person that was stunningly gorgeous that it was like, I'm like looking around and it's like spy kids glasses zooming in like they're that hot, you know? Wait, so, you mean I wasn't? I mean, like people, I'm a, like, I want a bone, you know? <laughs> Just kidding. I was so ugly in high school. Anyways, continue. I, they're just like so mysterious. And then the part where, is it Jessica is talking about how they're all together? I guess I kind of forgot about that part where they're like step siblings, quote unquote, but they're together. And that was weird. I'm not going to lie. That, that was weird. How did like no one say something about that in that high school? Like, kind of bonkers but I I mean given the fact that they're all vampires I don't think it's abnormal that they were so beautiful yeah and about them all being together like I feel like people are kind of saying it they are kind of gossiping about it because and again I'm jumping ahead here but Charlie seems kind of mad when Bella brings them up and he's like people in this town or whatever Jessica clearly is kind of like kind of gossipy about them um and I can't lie like I love some hot gossip as much as the next girl and this was going on when I was in high school and like all these people lived together but were also dating I'd be like that's fucking weird like that's weird (laughs) I 100% agree especially because we went to catholic school so that probably wouldn't have even been allowed like if the school got wind of it they probably would have gotten the boot I mean, the fact that I wasn't allowed to show my collarbones was already a huge fucking deal. So if I was also showing my collarbones and making out with my stepbrother, (laughs) maybe, maybe someone would have something to say. Yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) Oh my God, stepbrother, that's disgusting. Um, Life with Derek, anyone? Anyone? Okay. (laughs) say that I I my bones right now are rattling inside of my my skin hearing that yeah it's I mean it it was the blueprint I feel like we don't have to linger on it moving on (laughs) so yeah she's kind of just asking you know the questions about them kind of gets the skinny as my mom would say on them Um, And then she goes to biology class and realizes that she has to sit at a two-person table with Edward. And shit hits the fan, if you know what I'm saying. So he gets really pissed. Um, I'm just going to read this little section here. Um... Where do I want to start? Just as I passed, he suddenly went rigid in his seat. He stared at me again, meeting his eyes with the str- meeting my eyes with the strangest expression on his face. It was hostile, furious. I looked away quickly, shocked, going right again. I stumbled over a book in the walkway and had to catch myself on the edge of the table. And then later she goes on to say, he was leaning away from me, sitting on the extreme edge of his chair and averting his face like he smelled something bad. Okay, if this happens to you, what are you thinking? Uh, Okay, so 
I remember from the movie that this scene is like exactly the way that it's written. Like I remember him sitting so far away and doesn't she like, she even acts out smelling her own hair. I remember you laughed at that so hard. (laughs) But as someone who is highly conscientious of the way that I smell, like this would be mortifying. Like that would be the first thing I'm thinking is that like I reek or something like that. And the hottest, this hottie, of the school is having such a visceral reaction to me, I would be dead inside. I would be like, LOL, I'm expelling myself. I'm never coming back. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I'd be super self-conscious about it. And it continues on, like, it's bad enough that it happens in biology class, but then this girl is just trying to turn in her stupid slip that they made her fill out like a kindergartner at the end of the day so she can go home and cry and he's there again and it happens again like I would be so traumatized I also um this this scene where she's turning her slip in at the very bottom of page 24 there's just a singular paragraph all on its own which this easily could have been a part of a different paragraph but it's literally one sentence or it's two sentences sorry and they're just by themselves and it says it couldn't have anything to do with me he didn't know me from eve and that is so obviously a biblical reference going back to the fucking um epigraph Mm -hmm. going back to the the literal cover of the book like She's been heavy-handed with that Bible stuff. That's all I'm. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's so crazy reading it with you because this is all stuff that just went right over my 11-year-old head, and now I'm like, damn, she writes. But then also, like, if you didn't have any kind of a religious background, like, how would you know? Like, I mean, I guess Adam and Eve is kind of a common story, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that would be the first thing to come to my mind if I read that as someone outside of a Christian background, that was literally the first thing that I thought of because it was already something that I was thinking about. But it just makes me curious how it's going to be expanded upon later in the book. And Mm -hmm. knowing that Genesis seems to be the main concept, like, and the the whole kind of Genesis story is that, like, there's this tree of knowledge that when you eat from the fruit, you basically have all the knowledge that God has. Mm-hmm. And but then when you eat of it, you're you you fucked yourself over basically. Right. So what I'm thinking is that that's building up to Bella finding out about all of this kind of supernatural stuff going on, and her eating from this fruit fucks her up. Like this is gonna like dramatically and irrevocably change her life. I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm planning that this is going to lead up to. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the tone that she's trying to set. And uh, in our in our kind of conversations before we even started the podcast, and I was kind of telling you um, maybe what we could talk about or different things we could explore, we talked about, you know, her obvious literature references. And there are some other ones that I think that she's going to work in later that you'll realize, but definitely Genesis and just the Bible in general, with yeah. her being a Mormon author. Um, Mormon, really? Yeah. Yeah, she's a Mormon. I did not know that. Yeah, that's a a whole nother subject. Do you think that this clearly sexually undertoned book, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the boning yet, but (laughs) I can only imagine how freaking pent up this is. Do you think that has 
anything to do with like maybe her repressed sexuality from the religion that she's come from I mean is she married I don't even know yeah she's married and she has children um in terms of your question I don't know I don't feel like I know enough about the Church of Latter-day Saints to answer like I know kind of what I've seen in pop culture but I almost hate to judge it from that because I I mean that could be incorrect I really don't know um so yeah, I just don't know if I know enough to answer that question. So my answer is potentially. Okay, so we kind of, I feel like we we got through the first chapter. Um, she turns in her little slip. Well, she meets Mike, but we already talked about him. I, I also just wanted to point out, this was just, this was such a Hufflepuff thing for me to notice, but... Let's see, what page is it? 20, are we on close to page 27? That's when yeah, she goes back to the office and to turn yeah. her slip in. Um, but um, Edward is trying to change out of his biology class, mm-hmm. which is very obviously because of Bella, even though she's pretending like it isn't about her. Um, but he can't get it done and he's very upset about it. But he still says, never mind then, he said hastily in a voice like velvet. I can see that it's impossible. Thank you so much for your help. I just, like, when I'm on the phone with fucking Comcast, and they're like, sorry, Paige, there's nothing we can do. Also, go fuck yourself. I'm always like, well, thank you so much. Like, you have a nice rest of your day. Like, I... When I read that, I was like, Edward's a good guy. I can kind of, I can kind of feel it. Like he's upset, but he still says thank you so much. I didn't take it as sarcastic. I took it as genuine. <laughs> yeah, I think it is genuine, and that's hilarious that you noticed that and that you said it was a Hufflepuff thing because as a Gryffindor, I would be the opposite. So that's just the difference between you and me. <laughs> I'm too much of someone who's afraid of conflict. Even no, if it was immortal, I would still I would still say I have too much to lose. Yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming from, but I definitely feel like we need your kind in the world to balance out my kind <laughs> so that there is kindness still. But anyways, so, yeah, so she turns in the thing, the slip, um, and then kind of goes out to her truck, then goes home, fighting tears the whole way there. Again, same, sis. <laughs> why fight him let him this be this is so high school me and I also I meant to ask this before we even started but I don't think it's ever explicitly said how old is she what grade is she in it's not said yet okay it will come up later okay okay so now we're on chapter two open book well did you have anything else from chapter one page no I actually covered all my notes okay perfect so now we're on chapter two which is called open book so Bella goes back to school, obviously. Um, she's still not sleeping, but she's kind of figuring out people's names. But she says it's worse because Edward is not in school. Um, and she describes that as just her being stressed that and worried that he's not in school because of her. Like, she's causing it. Um, but I think it's because she's like, I want Hottie McHotster back. And yeah. Yeah want to admit it to herself but anyways I that's 100% agree with that on page 30 um she is talking about so, so she says all morning I was dreading lunch fearing his bizarre glares part of me wanted to confront him and demand to know what his problem was 
blah, blah, blah. But I knew myself too well to think I would really have the guts to do it. I made the cowardly lion look like the Terminator. Do you think you would confront him? If you I were... absolutely, it, wait, if I was Bella or if I was me? Both, I guess. If I was Bella, I think no. If I was me, I also think no. So I guess my answer is no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it'd be scary. I don't know if I would either. Just because, like, you don't want... I just wouldn't want him to be like, yeah, you smell bad. Because then I would feel bad about myself. You know what I mean? Yep. Especially, like, knowing how hot and bothered she is for him. That would be (laughs) devastating. Like, if I was in a class with 2012 Josh Hutcherson... And he, he was sitting so far away from me. It was like, yeah, bitch, you smell like that. I, that would be an all time low for me. I don't think I would ever recover. Can I say when you said 2012, Josh Hutcherson, my soul literally left my body in a good way because same. Do you want to hear something embarrassing? You can either cut this or you can leave it out. I don't care because (laughs) maybe there's a chance that Josh will hear it. I used to have a fantasy back in high school, you know, hot hunger game days, that I went to a Josh Hutcherson meet and greet at the fucking Chapel Hills Mall, and <laughs> and I was wearing a funny t-shirt, and it struck him so much that he wanted to meet me because he also thought I was so hot. Remember me with my literal cystic acne in high school, thought that I was hot, and um tracked down the company that made the t-shirt and then also found my contact information from the company and showed up at my fucking front door of my home to confess his love to me and then we were boyfriend and girlfriend that was my fantasy that I would imagine junior year of high school that was like absolutely ridiculous would never happen and also Paige you are applying to go to college why are you still thinking this Girl, don't even be ashamed. Like, we've all had those fantasies. I used to pretend that I was playing Katniss so that I would be friends with him and then get to date him. But I love how elaborate that is. Like, you really thought out all the details of how he found the t-shirt company and all that stuff. Like, honestly, props. But you know what I will say is that a literal, probably, I don't know how much money the movie's made, but probably a million dollar movie franchise was made out of literal Twilight fan fiction, where I'm pretty sure the author was pretending she was Bella. So, you know what? Things have happened. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Fifty Shades of Grey. But you know what we're talking about, because everyone knows that. It's true. Anyways, I really enjoyed that story. Thank you for sharing. You are so welcome. (laughs) Okay, so she gets to biology, and he's not there. So that's that, I guess. Um, then page 31, I wonder if this is kind of the same thing that you had that you wanted to discuss about Charlie. So she finds out that he like doesn't really cook, doesn't really buy groceries. So she kind of takes over the duty of that. And I find it upsetting that... With both of her parents, she has to be the domestic one. She has to be almost the parent rather than the child. And, you know, because we don't know a whole lot about her mom Mm -hmm. at this point. But we know that, you know, um, I had written down on page four, which is obviously way back. But I just wanted to make note of it again. 
um, that when she's leaving her mom, she's like, how could I leave my loving, erratic, harebrained mother to fend for herself? Of course, she had Phil now, so the bills would probably get paid. There yeah, would, would be food in the refrigerator, gas in her car, and someone to call when she got lost, but still. So it's clear that Bella has had to do this her whole life. And I'm like, this is not fair. Let this girl be a teenager. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. That is not what I wrote, but I did think that. I thought that it was absolutely ridiculous that your literal daughter that you haven't seen in like over a year or two years, you have n- no plan like for food. The <laughs> it's just it's dumbfounding to me like when I go back and visit my family my mom texts me like a week before and she's like what are the meals that you want like are you looking forward to eating anything like food is just such a I guess important thing I don't even question it for her to like show up and there's literally no plan and there's no food in the fridge how is this guy even alive how is he a police chief I no idea I'm assuming he probably eats out every night but that's unrealistic for a teenager. It's, it, and also when she does make the meal for her father, she makes such an amazing meal. Like mm-hmm. if I, if, if my mom was like, hey, I need you to make something for us for dinner tonight. I don't think I would ever undertake cooking a literal steak dinner with potatoes. I'd probably do something a little simpler, but she was just like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like it, she's just so confident about it. It shows that she's had to do it a lot. Yeah, I, I do want to say that I admire her and kind of her her chutzpah in, you know, doing all this stuff. I just think that she shouldn't have to. And agreed, how are you going to make a whole ass steak dinner on a Tuesday? Like, what is going on? Like, if my, like now I could do it, I could do it now. But like, if my mom had asked me to make dinner in high school, I would have just put chicken wings in the oven and been like, eat up. Or maybe pizza rolls. I don't even know. Also with ragu, that would have been my, uh, my That's like a step up for me, I feel like. It's nothing. <laughs> I mean, I know that now, but like back then I probably been like, mm, too much. <laughs> okay. Anyways. The part that I made note of that really rubbed me the wrong way was that she cooks her father this amazing dinner. And like I said, steak and potatoes, that is home run. Wowza. If, if anyone was like, Hey, I'm making you dinner tonight and it's going to be steak and potatoes. I would probably poop my pants. Like that is, <laughs> such an amazing dinner to make and he has nothing to say when he comes home like not like oh my gosh like it smells so good oh my gosh thank you so much mm-hmm. you know how your dad talks yep. um and she also has to do the dishes and that's what really really rubbed me the wrong yes. way because ev- I could not tell you the last person who I cooked a dinner for them and then they were just like okay whatever, I'm out of here, bye. If I ever cook for someone, the very least that they do is like, let me do the dishes you cooked for me. Like, I'm so appreciative of that. He just like, he just freaking left and left her to do all that too. That was really insulting to me. Yeah, that is insulting. And I know I said I love Charlie earlier. want to make sure that everyone understands that I'm not down so with this behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just approach it out to everyone. It's not even about gender roles. If someone cooks you a meal, you should do the dishes. Do the dishes if they cook for you. Oh my God. It's like humanity one-on-one. It's very true. Very, very true. Anyways, 
Now that we had that little rant, I'm glad that we agree on that. Um, but she's kind of, yeah, so like you said, she puts the potatoes in and the steak. And then she's emailing her mom, who was freaking out. I'm like, okay, granted this was published in 2006, but I'm like, y'all just gonna call? Y'all just gonna text? Like, they had texting in 2006, right? Like, why do you have to email? I feel like they did, but did Bella even have a cell phone? I haven't heard any mention of it. Oh, you know what? Good point. Yeah, she probably doesn't. I, but, but she did have a landline. That was a, a big thing that was, like, a, a must, must, must for her room was that it had a phone in it. Um, so, like, why didn't she why didn't she call the landline, you know? Yeah, it's weird to me. But she emails her mom back and is, like, babying her because it's clear. Like, she says, your blouse is at the dry cleaners. You were supposed to pick it up on Friday. Like, it's so clear already, 34 pages into this book, that she has been mothering her own mother yeah 100% I no spoilers but is there any explanation of that behavior later on perhaps okay I did did know that like I wanted and it, it gets into this in this chapter but it was like there seemed to be some kind of disconnect from her her loving her mom, but then also hating her. And like, why did she leave? Like, if she had a good relationship, why did she want to leave so bad and go somewhere that she hated? So that was what I was, I was hoping to get to, which the chapter does touch on that. So I was glad for that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, um, so we kind of already went over how she decides to read Weathering Hearts again. (laughs) And then her and Charlie eat her dinner. She does the fucking dishes. Um, but Charlie and her do have a quick little conversation about the Cullens, and he gets kind of mad about it. So, um, page 36, Charlie surprised me by looking angry. People in this town, he muttered, Dr. Cullen is a brilliant surgeon who could probably work in any hospital in the world, make 10 times the salary he gets here, he continued, getting louder. We're lucky to have him, lucky that his wife wanted to live in a small town. He's an asset to the community, and all of those kids are well-behaved and polite. Why do you think he's so mad about, like, how people feel about the Cullens. I just feel like he probably hasn't had any trouble with them. With it being a small town, I'm picturing the teenagers there drink beer in the woods and do their fair share of small town shenanigans. And he has to deal with that, obviously, as the police chief. And then there's this one family where they aren't they haven't done anything wrong and people are just being judgmental and he's like you have literally no reason to when your own kids are fucking up basically like I I feel like maybe he has his own thoughts but he's also saying like we have no reason to be so Mm -hmm. judgmental I guess Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree um so then she basically just you know describes the rest of the week Edward doesn't come back to school and by Friday she's feeling pretty good um, because he's still not back but then Monday rolls around and it's snowing which she has never seen before and I actually knew a girl in college I went to school in Minnesota and I had a teammate in college who ended up she ended up transferring schools but she had never seen snow before so that was very interesting to see someone see snow for the first time yeah I, living in Colorado my whole life, I, I, like, I can't imagine seeing a weather thing that I've never seen before, 
as an adult-ish kind of a person. Like, I bet that's so exciting. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't be if it was, like, a tornado, which I've been lucky enough to not ever see. I, but... I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, Paige, you would not be saying this if you were in a literal typhoon. <laughs> yeah, typhoon's another one. But, like, normal weather. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. It'd be weird. Yeah. So, Mike's clearly in love with her. Um, I think it's so funny that... Eric throws a snowball at Mike, um, and she calls Eric Chess Club Eric, which is, like, kind of rude. I feel kind of bad for him. I did write down, there's, uh, uh, I wrote it for page 31, so we're a little far back, but Mm -hmm. I wrote, Bella um, seems to find the worst in everyone, and I remember when she talks about Eric for the, literally the very first time before she even knows his name, she says something like, some kid with oily hair and bad skin started talking to me, I'm like, come on, like, give him a chance, you know, sure, maybe he has bad skin and oily hair, but that doesn't need to be his defining features, you know? Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that, because one of the things, um, I I don't even know, this is a little bit spoilery for Midnight Sun, but I just want to put a pin in that, because Edward sees her differently, um, and how she sees people, um, so yeah, I, I guess just put a pin a pin in that for now, but, um, she does call Mike Newton, like, cute or something like that, which I think is nice, um, so I think it's, like, yeah, she is definitely rude about Eric, but I don't think she's super mean about everyone. I think with Jessica, she just calls her short, right? I don't know. But, yeah, it is really rude about Eric, um, so we'll see, kind of, if you, you still think that she, kind of, sees the worst in people as we go along, but, Anyways, back to the snow. So um, Mike is going to probably retaliate on Eric. So she gets the hell out of there, which I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's really happy about the snow except for her. Um, And then they get to lunch and Edward is back. He's back, ladies. Ding, ding, ding. So she's super nervous. Um, And I think this is so funny when she's like, oh my gosh, I have to check if he's glaring at me. Let me just look over there really quick. And she looks over and they're like all messing around, like laughing, shaking snow on each other. Like, it's like, she thinks it's going to be like all about her and it's not, which is kind of like grounding, I feel like for her. Yeah. And I've, I've also been there. Like I can fully, like this thing that is so weighing heavily on me, all it's all I can think about. And then realizing that no one else is thinking the same thing like you you're just all in your head kind of a thing yes definitely I do that all the time like even now when I'm like oh my god this outfit looks so bad on me and then I'm like literally no one's going to even remember what I'm wearing three seconds after I walk by them mm-hmm. in um seventh grade I think there was there was a day that I was this was back when I was dating Mitch but there was a day we were sitting next to each other and I thought that our feet were touching under the desk and I was like, my heart was beating so fast. And I was like, Oh my God, he's not moving his foot. Like, this is so crazy. Like I I was freaking out. And then I like glanced down to move it and it was the desk leg the whole time. (laughs) That is hilarious. So kind of a, kind of a similar thing, I guess. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Middle school. What can we say? Right. Nothing but bad. <laughs> it was important to build character. That's it's what true. I felt so. It's true. So then they meet Eyes, 
Um, and I'm curious to see if you remember this. I'm sure you do from the movie, but um, the sentence starts on the bottom of page 41 and then goes to 42. Um, I was sure, though, in the instant our eyes met that he didn't look harsh or unfriendly as he had the last time I'd seen him. He looked merely curious again, unsatisfied in some way. What do you think that's about? I, I, I'm not sure, honestly. I do remember getting to this point and feeling like it was so starkly different from the Edward that we were introduced to that it made me almost excited, I guess. Like, it, it was almost like a, like a change. Like, this is where things are about to get real good. I don't know if this is him coming to terms with her smelling so good. I really don't know. But I just remember feeling like this is a completely different person than who we were introduced to. Like, everything about the way that he's described is so much different than the cold and rigid person that Chapter 1 had us had him painted as yeah definitely it's like night and day difference i only imagine such a hot guy looking at me like that you know like if i was in high school and the hottest guy in school was just giving me this like somewhat sultry curious look i would be like my pit stains would be like up to my boobs oh my god Paige, i love you so they get to class and he starts talking to her and he introduces himself um, and knows that she wants to be called Bella, which is interesting. Um, so they have to do this like project together. The I don't even remember the cycle of the cell or whatever. I try not to remember because I don't like science, but I definitely remember these, these words. I, I took um, a biology class uh not the summer but the spring semester and this was part of it and I was like yep that sounds right yep yeah it sounds horribly boring and they both get through it really fast because Edward's obviously very smart and she's already done it um but she seems really smart too like she seems kind of above the rest of the students in her class yeah um I wanted to make note of the bottom of page 44 they're talking and um he says, ladies first partner, Edward asked. I looked up to see him smile, smiling a crooked smile, so beautiful that I could only stare at him like an idiot. Or I could start if you wish. The smile faded. He was obviously wondering if I was mentally competent. This has <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> like, I'm just like, uh, what did you just say? And then they're like, she is not listening. Yes, not listening or not getting it. Or no one's home, but no one's home. <laughs> so I definitely empathized with her in that moment. Um, mm. But as they're kind of talking, there's a couple weird things. So I already said, you know, he knows that she wants to be called Bella, which she thinks is a little weird. And then she's like, did you get contacts? Because his eyes were black the first time that they were in bi biology class together. And now they're like a golden. And he's like, no. I, I, I did notice that. And I feel like, because like, this is the one thing that I know, I know I've said it a billion times this episode is that she smells super juicy. But what I was picturing was like a literal shark. Like when, like in Finding Nemo, when Bruce smells the blood and his eyes go 
like shark just completely black he obviously can smell her that she smells so delicious that this like predator inside of him is coming out and I mean I don't know what happens in the week that he's gone I don't really remember them talking about that in the movie but what what I think probably happened was that he somehow was able to deal with that and be prepared for it this coming week so then when he's sitting there he can actually like be the human part of him with like his regular eyes and not like the predator eyes that just smells her delicious Bella flesh, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting theory. I like it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you are correct, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay. Okay. So, um, they finish the lab and, um, he kind of starts asking her like some personal questions and he seems kind of like pushy about it, which would be annoying if he wasn't hot, but because he's hot, I feel like she's like, this is cool. He's talking to me yep, and cares about me. Like at one point, I think she says like my mundane life or something like, why is it so interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also be very flattered. So this is kind of where we learn why Bella came to Forks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was honestly still a little, I don't want to say confused. I mean, I guess I kind of get it. I just, I get, I don't know if there's going to be more information given later. It just still seems a little puzzling to me. Okay, what are you, I think it might be a sport ball thing. Like, what are you confused on? I, so is the, is her mom traveling with the boyfriend? And she doesn't want to, or their mom, her mom is just lonely, and she's not getting the emotional support from the mother-daughter relationship because her mom is so distracted with the boyfriend. Like, I just couldn't figure out why this situation was so bad that Bella wanted to leave. Okay, so you don't get a whole lot more information on it, so I feel okay explaining it to you because it's not spoilery. So, essentially, um, her mom remarried, so it's her husband, um, and she wants to travel with him all the time and like baseball players are gone a lot and but it's not realistic to leave a kid in high school at home by herself all the time even though Bella would probably be better off but that's a whole nother subject so she stays home with Bella and Bella feels that like she is sad about it she doesn't want to be there she probably is a little bit resentful So she's like, I will just remove myself from the situation so that my mom can do whatever she wants. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Which is fucked up, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, not whatever, but we've kind of already talked about it, so I don't want to belabor the point too much. Um, But yeah, Bella's definitely been forced to be wise beyond her years, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So on page 49, um, Edward is kind of cutting through the shit. He says, it's the bottom of page 49. He says, you put on a good show, he said slowly, but I'd be willing to bet that you're suffering more than you let anyone see. And Bella says, I grimaced at him, resisting the impulse to stick out my tongue like a five-year-old and looked away. I'd be like, um, mind your own business. The fuck? literally wrote for that exact quote where he says you put on a good show he said slowly but I'd be willing to bet that you are suffering more than anyone let or that you let anyone see I wrote I like that um I like that part oh wait no that's a different that's a different quote sorry I wrote 
that quote would have got me. If a boy would have said that to me, I would have been like, oh, you're right, I am suffering. Like, if if someone would have made, I know that this is a different opinion than what you were saying, but <laughs> that, like, I feel like that was how I was feeling a lot in high school. So if someone were to, like, call that shit out, it would it would strike me in a way that's like, okay, you're right, you're right, I can't lie, I can't lie. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, definitely one opinion is not, like, worse or better than the others. Um, and it's interesting to kind of see your take on it. Yeah, I feel like I am just too, like, proud that I'd be like, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> but yeah, I totally see what you're saying, too. Um, it's just interesting that, like, this is the first conversation that they've had, and he is already, like, kind of saying that. It's very interesting. Yeah. So then... They have another kind of weird... This whole thing is kind of weird. I saw this... Um, I'll, like, kind of change this up so that it's not spoilery, spoilery, but I saw this meme the other day that was, like... It was um, referencing a different conversation that happens later in the book, but it was, like, normal kid at Forks High School just trying to eat his lunch, and he hears Bella and Edward talking and is like, what the fuck? And I can't help but, like, every conversation that I read between them since I've seen that meme is like yeah literally anyone overhearing this would be like what the fuck and then they're like telephase anaphase menaphase yeah it's a very odd conversation so on page 50 um Bella's like I'm so easy to read my mother always calls me her open book and he says on the contrary I find you very difficult to read you must be a good reader then, I replied. Usually. He smiled widely, flashing a set of perfect perfect ultra-white teeth. Just a weird, like, if I if I was in this conversation, I'd be overthinking this to the max, because I'd be like, what was that even about? Yeah. I, yeah, this, this part was very condescending, I guess. I, there, there are times when men talk to me where I'm like, you're not as cool as you think you are. Actually, this that is actually quite often that I think that. But <laughs> that's that's what this part struck me as. Like, I, I know that Bella's feeling it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm feeling it as much. Understandable. Yeah, I would probably just be like, this was weird. Like, I feel weird about it. You know what I mean? Yep. So then finally the bell rings and even though they've had kind of like this nice friendly conversation even though it's been a weird fucking conversation he gets his ass out of there he says peace and yep. leaves which is funny um and then i just wanted to this is like such an inconsequential thing doesn't matter to the plot at all but when mike comes up and, and says you're lucky you had colon for a partner and then she says i didn't have any trouble with it i said stung by his assumption I regretted the snub instantly. I've done the lab before, though. I added before he could get his feelings hurt. I wouldn't... I'm mad that she did that. I would be like, I knew what I was doing. I'm smart. Like, don't let him take the credit. I I don't think that she's letting him take the credit, though. I think that she's feeling like, oh, maybe I'm being a little bit of a dick. Like, like... Not not everything comes as easily to people as it might come to her. So she's like, it was easy, but maybe I shouldn't be so much of a dick about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that is a really good point. That is good self-awareness. Which yeah, like, I think that she still acknowledges that, like, she knew what she was doing. But then she's like, oh, well, I don't want to be 
too much. She's like, but I've also done the lab before. So I have a little bit of experience. So like, like, I guess just dimming the, the scathingness of it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that because I was kind of pissed about it. I I did like that she didn't just completely be like, oh, well, I've done the lab before. Like, I like that she did have the mindset to be like, well, I I thought it was easy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, that she wasn't like, especially with your Wuthering Heights thing earlier, that she wasn't like, I've already done it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So they go to gym. Um... It goes badly. We get a very strong sense that Bella hates all things sport ball um, and just is very unathletic. So that has been made abundantly clear. Thank you, Bella. Um, So then she goes to her car or her truck, I mean, and just kind of basically gets ready to go home, but almost hits someone, which the amount of times I've done this. I learned how to drive on DVDs. Like, I signed up for driver's ed, and not enough people signed up. So they literally just sent me some mail, like, some DVDs in the mail. And they were like, watch these. And then I took my driver's test, and then I got my license. I I mean, I, I guess it worked. But it's one of those things, like, medical school, where it's like, I kind of want there to be kind of an in-person aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely should have been I mean I had to do like this on street thing with this creepy guy where I had to like drive for three hours with him on two different Sundays but I'm pretty sure I already had my license at that point I don't remember either way it's kind of a weird experience and all that is to say that um when she almost hit someone in reverse I'm like yeah I feel you I'm not a bad driver but I've been there I think what especially struck me about that part was that the reason that she almost hit someone was because Edward was, like, looking at her and she knew it. And that would 100% be me. If I knew that my crush was watching me, it'd be like, all right, you can't fuck this up. And then my brain is like, psst, we're gonna fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, So that's kind of the end of the second chapter. Did you have any other notes that you wanted to make? Um, I did have one note. Um, it was from a couple pages ago on page 41, but the whole, in both of these chapters, there's, I would say the, the majority, the bulk kind of paints Bella in this, I don't want to say timid, but more reserved, not super outspoken. I mean, it's talking about her crying a lot. Like, I feel like, first of all, Kristen Stewart would have nailed this. Like, from what I know about what was said about her acting, it seems on point with the character description of Bella so far. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote, I was like, I think Kristen Stewart may have killed it, honestly. But um, there were, like, little bits and pieces, though, where I was like, there would be something that Bella does. Like, the thing with Mike, where she was like, well, I found it easy. Like, things like that that made me happy that she was being outspoken about things but this one line on page 41 um I think that this is when she's at lunch Mm -hmm. and she sees Edward and she's feeling 
scared. But then there, it's its own paragraph, and it's just one sentence, or it's two sentences. It says, ridiculous, I shouldn't have to run away. And I really love that. I thought that that was a very jarring statement from her, and it painted her in a really good light that, real, like, her realizing, like, I shouldn't feel this way at literal high school, like, I should like no one should make me feel this way especially not a man and I just really like that because it seemed very different from the character of Bella that the first two chapters really painted her as so I just wanted to throw that out there like there's there's these little things here and there that I really like about her yeah I think that's a really good thing to point out because you know I do think she is shy but I think I don't think shy and strong are they're definitely not mutually exclusive. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that she has these kind of standards for herself and for others, um, which, you know, I'm hoping that you'll kind of notice more of that, Um, that she doesn't really like to speak up, but when she needs to, she does, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like an an internal monologue with herself. Yeah. But yeah, that's the first two chapters. We made it through the first content episode this is very exciting. And then, guys, it's only going to get better from here. I, as someone who knows nothing about it, all I can say is it's only going to go up. As the expert, she is <laughs> claiming this right now. Manifesting. I'm for sh- I'm, I'm making a prediction. There's going to be a lot of hotness. I mean, we haven't even gotten to Jacob yet. And let me tell you, I, I actually wanted to bring this up earlier. Um, am I team Jacob? Am I team Edward? The verdict is still out since we haven't been introduced. Um, one of those people hasn't been introduced. But visually, I'd have to say I'm team Jacob. I know nothing about his character. But just going off of looks alone, which is so superficial. But I'm just going to put it out there. Team Jacob. Okay. I appreciate you uh, staking your claim right now. We'll have to see if things change once you yeah, learn. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not staking it officially, hammering that flag into the ground. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So for next week, we are going to do the next two chapters. So that would be chapters three and four, which are called phenomenon and invitations. Do you have any predictions on what you think is going to happen next? I do remember um, this was such a advertised scene. I think it was in the trailer, but I do remember it being like on television a lot. There's the they're in the parking lot or something, and there's like a car. I think coming at her in a very weird angle that cars don't travel in, and he <laughs> stops her, uh, or he he stops the car from killing her. And I feel like that's gonna happen soon. Knowing what was the the second chapter called invitations so that leads me to think that something is going to happen where she learns a little bit more about edward maybe she meets his family maybe she goes over to his house but phenomenon leads me to think that like something crazy is going to happen and then invitations is there's maybe going to be some some descriptions that are opened up or some major elements of character development that might happen. All right. Awesome. I like those predictions. Um, We'll see what happens next. Okay. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this first 
full episode that we've done here. Um, our DMs on everything are open, so if you have any kind of feedback or anything that you want us to read or talk about on the show, please feel free to send it in, um, and then we'll keep you anonymous if you want to be, or we'll say your name if you want to be. Just let us know, but we would love to get some mail. If you send us DMs and it's spoilers, I will set your house on fire. Yes. Thank you for that clarification, Paige. Um, not cool. Don't do it. I know you guys wouldn't do it anyways. We've talked about it. We've set the precedent. We don't have to keep saying it, but I'm glad that Paige reminded you all just in case you were unclear or if you skipped the teaser episode. Go back and listen to it. It's pretty good. I've listened to it six times. Yeah, it's pretty weird, um, like, hearing my voice for the first time. I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I black my own voice out. I only listen to you. That's fair, yeah. And, I mean, it's not the first time. Like, I've heard my voice on tape before, but in this kind of setting, it's it's weird. Okay, so, like we said, uh, join us next week for Chapters 3 and 4 of Twilight. And please feel free to follow us on all of our social medias. We are on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays Are For Twilight. And we are on Twitter at Taft Pod, T-A-F-T Pod. And then we are also on Patreon. So that's going to be patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are For Twilight. Um, we totally appreciate anything that you guys have to give to support us um, and totally understand if you can't do that right now either. Um, it's a pandemic. Times are hard. We totally get it. Um, so tell your friends about us, share us, spread the word, and uh, we really appreciate you listening. Yeah, we are really loving reading about these dorks and forks. Yes, exactly. That's got to be our tagline for sure. Um, so I guess we'll sign off for now, but we'll see you next week for chapters three and four. Yes, see ya. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>